0: Hey, if you love The Goon Show, I'll bet you'll love my new comedy podcast called Expertise, where a fake expert makes up fake facts about real things. It's nutty, zany, silly, with lots of room for improvisation, just like The Goons. Join us, won't you, at funnypodcast.co. This is the BBC Home
1: Service. Well Walter.
2: <laughs> Walter Green Slade.
1: Where do you get your advance information from? I sit in the stranger's gallery at Roughton House. You're no stranger to Roughton House. I see you there every night. So, you've seen through my Sir William Root's tramp disguise. Yes, and the penalty is announcing the goon show.
2: What?
1: Right. The goon show.
2: <clears throat> it's hardly worth your while coming here, is it, though? No. <laughs> ah,
1: you know? my dear Seacal. <laughs> There's much more, you know.
2: Oh, well what? done. What? what, what? Oh, yes,
1: because, you see, yes. this week it's Jim Spriggs' immortal book. Yes,
2: yes, Six yes.
1: Six Charlies in Search of an Author. <laughs>
2: Meets Great Pipe Thin. Good heavens! I'm supposed to meet Great Pipe Thin in chapter one. I'd better hurry. Oh, you must be the Charlie I'm supposed to meet in chapter one. Correct. What a thrilling start. My name is Nanny Seagoon. There's one in every family. what, 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 what? Do you mind facing facing West when you do that? It gets all over me. Now, to whom do I owe the pleasure of this nauseating visit? The author. Of course, of course. You must excuse me. I'm only new in this book. I see. What part do you play? I'm a bone specialist. What do you want? Bones. (laughs) I haven't got any bones. Nonsense, nonsense. You'd fall down without them. 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 Make a choice. I know... I know for a fact that you have a large number of them tucked away somewhere. Have you been prying into my family album of x-rays? Moriarty, tell him what you found. Ah, it's a pristine. Spawn my will. Mr. Sigurd. Party. I'm getting nowhere past tonight. So a Merry Christmas to you all. <laughs> Spirit, Sir man. Christy spawn, let me tell you, Mr. Seagorn, we have a very compromising x-ray photograph of two sets of bones. Yours and the lady's. It's a lie. We are just good friends.
0: <laughs>
2: <clears throat> How much do you want for that x-ray? Ten pounds, Nettie, to be paid in money before chapter ten. Yes, and don't try slip past us, Nettie, because we've got an armed man in the index. Curses. So they're going to catch me by the index. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear readers, here am I. Due to marry the beautiful millionaire s Gladys Minkwater in Chapter Eight. Wow. <laughs> Before then, I must get that compromising X ray photograph back. Ten pounds there one day. <laughs> <That's it! laughs> the nearest pawn shop. Put your foot down and keep your flag up. Right, mate. My... I oh, got it, mate. That's three bob on the clock. Right. Here's a pound for your trouble. I ain't got no trouble, mate. You have now, mate. That pound's a forgery. Oh, my! Good morning, sir. Welcome to chapter two. Thank you. Now, I should like to pawn myself. I'm sorry we don't take antiques here, sir. Have <laughs> a care, old prune-faced fossil. Oh, no, Aye, but an antique. Look! Here's the date of my birth stamped on the bottom. Oh. <laughs> this is a Welsh birthmark. Go up to the fourth floor, room three. Right. pawn
3: myself. Who sent you up here? You did. Then mm-hmm. you've come to the right man. Get into this lift. Going down. Page 18. 17. Page 16. In the middle door, 15. Chapter 1. Runs pawns up. See who enters and pawns himself. That's well, a very small part for me.
2: This <laughs> Eight. Ninety-five men, you're a... we naughty. We're back where we started. What do you send me up to the fourth floor for? To get me. Get you. <laughs> Wait a minute. How did you get up there before me? <laughs>
3: I skipped a couple of pages. I <laughs> I <laughs> I've got a
2: good mind to tell the author. No, no, don't do that. He might have me killed off in a later chapter, don't Now, oh, uh, look, Mr. Crun, how much money will you give me on me? Well, first, I must scrutinize you with an intense scrutiny. <laughs> Just take your clothes off. I leave the room for... There!
3: Now, lie under this magnifying glass.
2: <laughs> Ooh, it's cold, isn't it? Oh, there! How do I look? Oh,
3: even bigger. Just stand on these scales, please.
2: Eighteen stones. Shall I put the other leg on now?
3: No, 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 no. As dead weight alone, I'll offer you ten pounds. You're coming useful for filling in holes. Stop! You certainly have been.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear that joke, did you? Ten years ago. (laughs) Now, where's the money?
3: They're ten pounds in crisp green farthings. (laughs) Tom. Goodbye! No, wait, wait. You can't go till someone comes to redeem you. What? Kindly step into this safe and, Gildre, play me the key. <laughs> <Luchy>! <laughs>
2: in search of an author, folks. Chapter 3, in which I see fit to have the character Nelly Seagull still inside Crumb's fiendish sponsor safe. Yes, dear readers, inside the safe all was dark. I took out a book of matches and began to read it. <laughs> Page 1. To ignite match, detach one and strike it against bottom. By the light of my burning trousers,
1: <laughs> I could see that. Put that light out. Put that light out, my good
4: man.
2: Put that. Who? Who put that light out? Who put that light out? Put that light up? Not the back out. the back out. Put a light out. Oh, I don't care what I'm doing, but it's over. Yeah. Not right. The idiot stranger was a complete idiot stranger to me. He was tall and clad in a cement sack with an outlet at the base. His legs were neat and carefully pressed. And on his head he wore a rubber dinghy with a handmade cardboard peak. Hello on Are you pawned yourself? Yes. I'm pledge number 32. Have you got a pledge number? No, no. I only pawn my socks. Oh, then why don't you go home? I can't get my boots off. the Fall. In which Seagull has a brilliant idea. Mr. Grant, give me up! I've had a brilliant idea! What is it? I want to redeem myself! Certainly. Ten pounds, please. Ah. Now to buy back that compromising x ray photograph. Where did I put that? The ten pounds! The ten pounds! It's gone! I've been robbed! What happens now, Mr. Greenfred? I must know. Well,
1: you see, I hate peeking at the end of the book, but in chapter seven. Gridpipe Theatre Moriarty shipped the compromising X-ray photograph in the plain wrapper to an art connoisseur in Paris.
2: Thank you, boys. It just gave me time to smuggle her out of the room. Postcards? I've never heard of them, I tell you. <laughs> how dare you come in here and offer me money for these postcards over there, which are not here. Major, enough of this needle, madelon. No. Major, please. What? For the compromising x ray photo of myself and a lady. How much do you want? Ten thousand francs. <laughs> He's fainted in the direction of down. <laughs> Doris, darling. Yes, darling. <laughs> Help me lift him in the direction of up. Right. I, I haven't got 10,000 francs. What? what? Throw him in the direction of up. Wait, uh, wait. I have got 10 pounds. Put him in the direction of down again. Wait, don't turn the page over yet. I, I recognize that wallet. It's young, private Neagle sigun retired. My ex-Batman and Spawn Runner. Oh. <laughs>
1: Dear listeners, for the benefit of those of you who do not know what a spawn runner is, neither do I. (laughs) I just want you to know that you are not alone. Wallace is one of you. (laughs) And now, Chapter 7, page 72. Seagoon does not recognize Major Bloodnock. Major Bloodnock!
2: I didn't recognize you in that false room. Well, I was only wearing it to keep the rain off. (laughs) I wouldn't wear it out of doors, of course. Of course. Let me help you off with it. Uh, 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 Thank you. Good heavens, we're outside and it's raining in the direction of down. You'd better put your room on in the direction of on. Uh. Uh. Oh, that's better. It's much warmer with this direction on. Now, Neddy, pull up a chair and sit down. I'd rather stand if you don't mind. Oh, well, pull up a floor then. (laughs) Major, please, don't joke, don't joke. Oh. 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 Pardon I me, mean, I'm sorry. I can't help it, you know. Major, please don't. I must have that compromising x-ray photo. Kuchney doing Edward Kuchney. I can't help it. I'm afraid. It's, it's in that safe and grit pipe has the key, and there's nothing on this page we can open it with. Well, I, I'll write something in. Let me see. Um, looking around the room that Dudlock was wearing, Neddy's eye lit upon the following. One 18-foot crowbar and one sledgehammer. What a splendid piece of descriptive writing! Now, who's going to do all the work? Without hesitation, brave Bloodnock picked up the crowbar and began to force open the safe. Oh, oh you <laughs> cad, Edward, making me do all that! Oh, give me the typewriter, will you? Neddy, horrified at the sight of a retired Indian Army major labouring, snatched the crowbar and set to work himself. oh, <laughs> oh. Oh, Oh, you two characters. Stop, stop, I say. It's a copper. I'm not a policeman. I beg your pardon, madam. I'm not a policewoman either. You're cutting it rather fine, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) The newcomer was a small pair of Pansnay spectacles tied in a writing desk with the drawers open. Put a curb on your tongue, fellow. Tongue, tongue. I am Jim Spriggs, author of this book. I put you in it. Right in it. Silence. <laughs> Look here, if you're the author, couldn't you have made me a little younger? What? I mean, in, in chapter three, I met a delightful young lady. But alas, my fires had gone out. Do <laughs> not worry. What? I've made sure you don't get any older. Oh. On the next page, you'll run over by a steamroller, lad. Oh. Mr. Arthur, I implore you, I've got to get that safe open. Pianata, little jean. a little jean. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write in a new character who will assist you. The door opened, and a virile figure leapt into the centre of the room.
3: <laughs> Spring is in the centre of the room. Spring.
2: <laughs> Stay a moment, steaming lad. Did I write you in? Yes. Yeah. It's no good. I shall have to go to the country for a long rest. <laughs> then who are you, little blotchy lad? I
3: will show you. Moves right, keeping whole in trousers away from vulgar gaze of audience. Nodding. Whip, whip, whip! Takes off false boots, revealing false feet. <laughs> That's who you are! Yes! What <laughs> Secret Agent Bluebottle, the mastermind behind the second Finchley Wolf camp.
2: Yes, but can you blow open the safe?
3: Just you watch me.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I cannot blow it open. I know what I shall do I shall insert my licorice in the keyhole
2: But we need an explosive Licorice is an explosive oh, no. Oh. no, we don't risk any loud explosions The author might heal us
3: I have got an idea Electric light bulb lights up above head.
2: Flash, flash, flash it, go! <laughs>
3: I have got a packet of silent TNT, which I read it about in Black Claw, Emperor of the Universe, in the boys' mag, priced twopence with free elastic and cardboard jet fighter.
2: Silent TNT! Quick, light it, little thimbley lad, and put it under the safe.
4: No, 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 wait! What? First, let me sing my bed, and then I can clear off, mate. <laughs> i'm so happy i'm so happy and i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart comes a message just for you and i promise to be true From the bottom of my heart See the glow in my eyes See the happiness in my smile I'm satisfied with your love From the bottom of my heart Now when I see you coming down the street I said that's the girl for me now, the blues have me prisoner for a long, long time. Well, at last, you set me free from the bottom of my heart. Comes a message just for you, and I promise to be true from the bottom of my heart. Hey, saw you coming down the street i said that's the girl for me now the blues have me a prisoner for a long long time well at last you set me free from the bottom of my heart comes a message just for you and i promise to be true from the bottom of my heart from the from the bottom of my heart, and from the bottom of my heart, and from the bottom of my uh, heart. I, I, I.
2: We're still in the room. Paul. Of course we are.
0: <laughs>
2: I'm still wearing it. Quick, get this room off! I'm scared. Oh, you've got this door buttoned up tight. Let's get it off now. Come on, yes, chaps. Come on, come on. I'm mumble, mumble, I'm mumble, mumble, mumble. Dear listeners,
0: dear listeners, I don't know about you,
1: but I find this all rather far fetched. And as soon as it's all over, I'm going to tell John Snag. Oh, you BBC devil,
2: you! Blue Bottle, how do I know when the silent TNT has exploded?
3: Eh? Hey? Well, I never thought of that. I suppose that when you hear nothing, that's it.
2: Can't anybody hear it
3: explode? Only idiots. Anything, Captain? No. Good. How only idiots can hear explosions like that?
4: Here!
1: Over that big explosion.
2: That blew me backwards out of my underpants. I'm back to front now. For Christmas, of course. <laughs> So you heard it, too? Yeah. No coming. <laughs> Give <laughs> me on with this room, and we'll see if the safe's blown open. Hands <laughs> up, you stealing horns. said <laughs> before? Yes, Neddy. That was only a recording of a silent explosion, specially written in without the author's knowledge. Oh? Well, two can play at that game. What do you mean? Moriarty's finger squeezed the trigger, but there was only a hollow... To <laughs> He's written in an empty gun for me. <laughs> Never mind. Before Seagoon could alter the next line, Gridpipe and Moriarty were already on the motorboat speeding up the Amazon River with the compromising X-ray photo safely in the hold. What's going on here, Jing? What's going on here? (laughs) What are these... What are those men doing sailing up the Amazon River in my book? Don't you dare change another one. Hands up, Mr. Arthur. What? Oh, you great big leaping crab, you. Don't be a fool. Drop that typewriter. The author turned and left the room. I go That's got rid of him. Now what?
3: Can I have a good to at that, Brother In a matter of seconds, <coughs> <coughs> Blin Buttons was at the helm of a powerful elastic-driven speedboat <laughs> chasing the naughty great pipe sins of the Hamilton. But suddenly, they were attacked by Black Claw and these Chinese pirates. And the boys come and avoid me!
2: You blithering idiot! Look what you've written us into! <laughs> Quick! Swim for the bank! Not Claire, I'm overdrawn. No, no. <laughs> Let me help you out Pickles. How did you get a short? I walked across on that log That's not a log, that's a crocodile Oh, <laughs> oh. I, I wondered why my legs kept getting shorter
1: <laughs> Listeners Listeners will note that that was a repeat of the joke first heard in The Goon Show, Second Series, 1952. <laughs> Repeated by a special request of the authors. I should like to remind listeners that there are now only 364 shopping days to
2: Christmas. Good heavens! We must hurry!
1: Water, water. It met a
3: crane in Is the
2: How did you get out here?
3: Somebody gave me a typewriter, and here I am. <laughs>
2: They're completely lost. I suspect the listeners are, too. We must find our way to Chapter we 10. We must find our way to Chapter yeah. 10. We must... Thank you, and good night, Manny <laughs> <good night. laughs> We must find our way to Chapter 10. That's where grit pipes heading for. Come on, and keep your eyes open for a 211A bus. What for? It goes right past bricks Jail. Why do you want to go right past there? Well, I don't want to go in. <laughs> Seagull. This author. Thank heavens. I say, look here. Could you write us in a good dinner? We're starving, you (laughs) know. Don't, don't worry, steaming lads. I've written a happy ending for you all on the next page. So go on. Turn it over.
3: I now pronounce you, Neddy Segoon, and you, Gladys Minkwater, man and wife, and leave you to discover which is which. Even as Sigun and his Malian Harris bride stepped outside, she noticed in the crowd a certain handsome, virile youth. Wolfcap bleed butter. So she ran over to his car. Who gave you the
2: typewriter? Come back! You're too young for that sort of thing! That's what you think! (laughs)
1: That was the Goon Show, a BBC recorded programme between Peter Sellers, Harry Seacombe and Spike Milligan, with the Wellington Quartet, Max Geldray, and the orchestra conducted by Wally Stott. Script by Spike Milligan and Larry Stevens. Announcer Wally Screenslade. The programme produced by Patrick's.